You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 Podcast with Jen Renault. Thanks for checking in with us at the Whatsoever 168 podcast. I cannot wait for you to get to know our guest and learn all about her Whatsoever project, all the beautiful things that she's doing, and simply just all about her as a person because she's just so much fun. Our guest is from South Florida, which is my neck of the woods. She worked for many years at the space industry, earning multiple awards before she retired. She is a lover of dogs, as you will learn, because this podcast was recorded in my home with my crazy dog, Bear. Shout out to Bear. And she is very much a passionate lover of her family. She loves to laugh. She loves to make other people laugh. She is an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. She is a minister to the sick. She lives by the mantra, don't just go to church, be the church. So she's extremely involved in her church community. She is definitely a gift to everyone who crosses her path. So without further ado, here is my good buddy, Alex Peck. Okay, here we are with my good buddy, Alex Peck. Welcome to the Whatsoever 168 Podcast. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great today. Thank you. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you for your yes to coming out and spending time with us today and uh, giving us a little bit of insight into your Whatsoever 168 Project. So just a little bit of background about that. This all came about about nine years ago when, when um, as I'll mention in my intro, God put it on my heart the Matthew 25 when we feed the hungry when we give drink to the thirsty when we clothe the naked and it said and I grew up with the song whatsoever you do to the least of my people that you do unto me and so from there God has been working on my heart all these years and it's brought it to now where it's time to get moving on this project so this is my project if you would tell our listeners a little bit about your whatsoever project well one of my ministries that I do well my my main ministry is ministry to the sick and I bring Holy Communion to people at the hospital and nursing homes right now I don't have a nursing home that I'm attending to we have a very very active ministry to the sick in our church so we have plenty of people that can go out to all of the other communities everybody doesn't like to do the hospital Mm -hmm. and I'm one of the people that do like to do the hospital so that's what I do. I go take communion to the people at the hospital and I just came back from there a few minutes ago. I love that. And I'm, you know what, I, there is something special about hospitals as well. So why would somebody not want to go to the hospital? Well, because they either had a bad experience there Mm -hmm. themselves or a loved one or they think it smells funny or they're afraid they're going to see something that is going to gross them out you have to just talk to perfect strangers and and pray with them and be with them no matter what's wrong with them and so you have to overlook all of the stuff going on around you in the hospital in order to pray and minister to to the person that's in the bed you know that's an absolute gift to have that desire to go into the hospital and I think that in some ways we're shaped as people you know like you just said earlier some people don't want to go in the hospital but Mm -hmm. yet God's calling you to Mm -hmm. go to the hospital yes Um, so what is the person behind the person who doesn't mind going to the hospital who is the person I'm sorry well well I'll tell you when I was very young I was probably maybe 10 or 11 years old when I started going to the hospital with my grandmother every Saturday Mm. we she had a beautiful flower garden up in Georgia and we would pick the flowers the night before and we would put each one of them in sometimes a tin can if that's all we had and we'd load them up in her car and we would go down to the veterans hospital and every single person that was in the hospital got a flower and so I went with her. She was with the Red Cross. She was a gray lady, and we were called volunteers. <laughs> and so we, I got to see a lot of things in the hospital that a 10 or 11-year-old probably shouldn't have seen, because right. mostly at that time we were all men. 
so I found at how lovely it was to just meet a stranger and give them a flower and say hi how are you because there were so many people that had no one and today you'd be surprised at how many people have no one in yeah. there to go visit them and so I think that's that's where that started was mm -hmm. to be kind and go visit and donate your time and do what you can do but honestly you know they always thank me mm -hmm. and and I always say thank you because yeah. I get blessed over and over and over again each time I give communion they get it that one time mm -hmm. and then you know I just take that joy from that patient on to the next one and and so it, it's really cool to be able to do that I, I'm, I'm really blessed to have felt this calling that's funny that you say that that you're blessed I remember years ago a, a good buddy of mine recommended a book titled bless and be blessed mm. and what a fantastic short little book this was about how we're called to go bless but then we're also called to let others be a blessing and we forget that when we go out and we perform these works of mercy or mm. these good deeds that in, in giving of ourselves we actually are receiving yes and um, that, that's fascinating I want to go back you mentioned your grandmother what a special story and for those who know little Jen mm. I have a heart for my grandmother my grandma mm. Roulette was the finest woman and she shaped my faith and even though she was a southern baptist woman mm -hmm. and here i was you know born raised cradle catholic it was never about a judgment my grandmother wanted me to know jesus and to have that personal encounter with christ and it, it's because of her just those little things like you said you know picking flowers and putting them in a little can mm -hmm. and how those little moments for you like your grandmother it shaped you it's yes. my grandmother those little things, those little uh, ceramic, you know, the serenity prayer in her bathroom. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking when I was 12, like, you know, this is moved from bathroom to bathroom. I probably should go ahead and read this. And um, But I didn't realize till I was much older how much I was shaped by something that was just a part of who she was. So was your grandmother very influential in your life, in your very, faith walk? Very. However, again, just like you just said, my grandmother wasn't Catholic either. Mm. She was... Uh, well, she was Eastern Star, and my okay. grandfather was a Mason. Okay, so, oh, mine too. Okay, so so we had that going on, okay. but she was congregational okay. uh, for the most part. And she was very, very good to me. I spent every summer there and when we were in Florida, and so she would make sure that I went to church every Sunday. She'd take me down to the Catholic mm -hmm. Church, and I'd go by myself, and... I didn't care. I go by myself now a lot, so right. I, I reflect back on that time as well. That's special. You know, I, I don't know if the listeners know, but Alex and I are personal friends, and uh, it's neat how we met. We met on a retreat, and I, I often say, I wasn't supposed to be there. I was busy, but my mm -hmm. buddy called me and told me she needed a table leader, but the fact of the matter is God wanted me there, and I met three very special ladies on that retreat and you you were one of them and uh, so we're friends not only just through church um, but and the retreat but just in general and we're also friends on social media and I was looking through your social media oh. the other day mm -hmm. and I came across this and I thought that it summed you up and mm. I wanted you to elaborate on it um, on your social media you had reposted a little uh, image and on the image it said Churches are for praising God. Now, I'm paraphrasing this. Yeah. Churches are for praising God. So are 2 a.m. car rides, showers, coffee shops, the gym, conversations with friends. And essentially, it ended with, don't let the building confine you. Mm. Be the church. Yes. And I thought, oh, my goodness. If this does not sum up my buddy Alex, mm. what does? And, and tell us a little bit more about this ministry that you're doing with being a minister to the sick and how you're you're not just staying at home you're not just staying in this building our church which is a beautiful church um, at st. Mary's shout out to st. Mary's in Rockledge Florida but tell us a little bit more about this ministry and what are some of your short-term goals well I will tell you that I did have a nursing home that I ministered to here in town and I only had two Catholic ladies that were there at that nursing home but when I came in, 
I did my ministry there on Sunday, mm-hmm. when I would walk in, everybody said, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. She's here. It's Sunday. And <laughs> right. because most of them really had some serious dementia going on. Right. But when they saw me, they knew it was Sunday. Right. And I just thought that was really cool. And I, like I said, I only had two Catholic women there that I could see to give communion to. But the rest of them were all eager to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and bow their head and pray with us, even though I didn't include everyone in the, in the communion part, right. I felt like I brought them church. Mm. I felt like I, I represented something that stirred inside of them from maybe a long time ago, you know, and they knew right. when I started saying the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. they just went right ahead and mouthed it right along with me. They weren't right. even sitting next to me or anywhere near me. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt that, and, and you say it's short-term goal, unfortunately, when I go to the nursing homes and, and many times in the hospitals as well, the short-term goal is short-term because their lives are short-term. Gotcha. And so I feel like at times that maybe this might be the last time I'm giving somebody communion. It might be the last time they ever have communion. Mm-hmm. So my short-term goal is to meet those those short-term goals okay. is to try to get to the people who are maybe at the end of their life and they and they have an opportunity so i want to provide them that opportunity i mean they may not always take communion at that on that day mm-hmm. but they have it available to them and that's what we should do is try to make ourselves as available as we can to to the needs of our others well, wow, that's beautiful, and it, and and that just highlights that don't go to church, don't just go to church, yeah. be the church. Do you find that so when you're there, you mentioned the um, the people who are not Catholic, mm-hmm. but say, oh, it's Sunday, she's here, yeah, it's Sunday. It, it is the joy, and I I understand what you're saying about the dementia factor, but is there there's something about a loneliness? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I today. I had the opportunity to see this man, and I never knew who I'm going to see. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get a list right. that they've collated of all of the Catholic uh, uh, patients, and I went in and saw him, and he was very old and very sick, mm-hmm. and I came in and I told him who I was, and he said, you're here to visit me? Wow. And I said, yes, I said, I'm here to visit you today. And he turned out to be the most fascinating man. I spent 45 minutes with him. That's why I was late today, because I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to leave him. I That's kept telling important. him, I, I said, you, you've made my day. Right. I said, I'm going to go do something important today. And you inspired me. You wow. made me feel so good today. Wow. And that's. That's my takeaway. That's what you're saying sure. about, you know, I get the blessing. Right. They get blessed, but I feel like I get so blessed much too. more. Yeah. Tell me about this story. Alex and I were speaking a little bit before we got started uh, this morning. Tell me a little bit about this story about the man who was a little resistant this morning. Oh, I had a man in ICU this morning, mm. and he, again, was quite ill, but he was a middle-aged man, and he was sitting up in the chair and I walked in and I asked him if he wanted to receive communion and he shook his head no and so I said well would it be okay if I prayed with you and he didn't shake his head one way or the other for a little bit and then I walked around on the other side of the bed and I folded my hands and I just started praying and so he started praying too and then I just went right into communion and he did receive communion today Okay, and so for our listeners who aren't fully un- understanding, can anyone receive communion? No, only a Catholic that has made their first communion in the Catholic Church, been baptized in first communion, uh, can receive Holy Communion. Right, and so I want to touch upon that because that man was resistant. 
And sometimes when I, when I see that resistance, I see those double hands up, like get away, mm-hmm. stay away. I, a lot of times when we take that moment, that extra moment, you could have just turned around and walked away and you chose not to. And I know that God put that on your heart mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm called he to does. stay here. Um, and I, I know that the Holy Spirit is moving and living in you and, mm-hmm. and mo- moving your feet. Um, I know that I remember when I spoke on behalf of the, the missions in the Dominican Republic, I, I started with a quote and it said, it's by Mother Teresa and it said, being unwanted, being unloved, being forgotten, mm. that is a greatest, greater poverty than the person who has no food. Absolutely. And I think about the people that you're ministering to, and I think about that man when you shared that story, mm. and I think, oh my goodness, this man has his arms up saying, go away. Mm-hmm. But yet the power of God working through you, and you stood at that door and, and humbling yourself and knowing that I can't turn away just yet. He said no. Mm-hmm. And then how God worked through you, but yet the beauty of how you allow God to work through you. That's super special. God gives me the words. The words just come. Yeah. I will tell you that there's no greater blessing to me than when I walk away and say, thank you, Jesus, for telling me what to say. Mm. There are many times when I'm in ICU and somebody's on a ventilator. And so, of course, they they can't receive communion because they're not even conscious, so to speak. However, I have been told that hearing is the last thing to go. And so I talk to them and pray with them as if they were awake and hearing me Mm -hmm. because I believe that they do hear me. And I call them by name, just like I would as I was talking to you. I'd say, Jen, I know you can hear me. So we're going to pray together. You don't have to pray out loud. You pray to yourself. Okay. And I'll pray out loud. And I think sometimes the, the, the nurses and what that come in every once in a while, they, they say like, he, he can't hear you. And I'm like, well, we don't know that. Right. You know. Right. Based on what you've learned. So I guess that you've done a lot of studying. And I want to jump to that in just a moment. You, we talked about your short-term goals, and I love your short-term goals. I love how you said that that there's their time for some of these people. Short time, um, but what if you? What would your long-term goals be for this mm-hmm. ministry, and not necessarily for you per se? But what do you? What would be the far-reaching if you had you know living in Alex Land mm. and had everything in sort of a utopia, if you will, and everything is going so beautifully? What would what would that look like? I'd never given that a whole lot of thought, but if I just, if we could just get a lot more of the next generation, the the young people involved in these types of ministries, right? It's not that it candy stripers when yes. when we were growing yes. up, everybody wanted to be a candy striper, right? Right. You know, they wanted to go to the hospital, they wanted to do this and that. Well, now we have an opportunity to bring our Lord to people in the hospital and and may or a nursing home mm-hmm. i mean it it's it's not far reaching to think that a lot of our teens could go and do that yes and they would they wouldn't believe how blessed they would be and how under much more understanding they would be as their parents and their grandparents got older they would understand how to deal with them how to talk to them how to do things for them because They've been surrounded by it. They've been right. ministering to these people who are strangers to them. But then they have their own people, right? And and they're going to minister to them too, just because that's who they've become. That's who they are now. Absolutely, kind of like with your volunteers. Absolutely. Your I, I mean, it just. I never saw anybody else do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was the only one doing it. As a kid, you mean? Yeah. Okay. I, there was there wasn't anybody else right. at that hospital. That was the veterans hospital. Nobody wanted to go there for whatever reason, because it was scary. Probably s- kind of scary. Yeah. Well, it was in downtown Atlanta, and it was very hot there, and it wasn't air conditioned. Mm-hmm. Now, people today can't imagine a hospital <laughs> right. that wasn't wouldn't be air conditioned, but uh, people just didn't want to go visit there right. much. Right. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit is totally here because I wanted to go into how could a person join this ministry? Um, And then, if you would, just any follow-up with any training. It's funny you should say that because 
I was just talking to somebody at the church the other day about where is the next opportunity for somebody to get training to become an extraordinary minister mm -hmm. to to give Holy Communion and there's additional training for people who want to do the ministry to the sick because we have to protect privacy and things like that right. I mean there's there's extra ordinary kind of training that is involved mm -hmm. in doing things like that but what I would like is for anybody that's interested to come with me okay uh, on any given day and I can I can go anytime I can go to the church and get Holy Communion and I can take it okay um, sister used to call me quite often and say Alex, can you come? You know, I need you to come. And so I... Is that yeah, Sister what, Joan Grace? Yes, whatever whatever <laughs> happened, I, you know, I just drop everything and go all of a sudden. Oh, you she, did not drop it with Sister Joan Grace. Yeah, you oh, went. you never you said went. no. What a so. blessing, though, that she kind of took you under your wing, oh. her wing to show you and to lead you so that then you could go and pass that torch. And just a little side note, um... I, I took some teens with my youth group. We go at Christmas time and we sing Christmas carols mm -hmm. or shut-ins. Mm -hmm. And I think I know where you know where this is headed, Alex. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the places we stopped at was a local um, nursing home, if you will. And I was chatting with the lady, and we had just recently uh, had a new priest take over, our new, our now pastor. And um, shout out to Father Ivan, and we love you too, mm. Father Blake. Yes. Um, but anyhow, we had recently, Father Ivan had uh, prayed about it, and he changed how we set the chairs. So in speaking here and, and singing with the kids, when we finish, the kids go around, they talk to the, the elderly people. And we found out that this one lady in particular uh, attends our church or she attended our church so I sat down and I chatted with her and I told her about our new priest and she said she had just learned and I told her about how things are being the furniture or the chairs and the pews are being shaped because it does look more like furniture um, if you will and so anyhow she was intrigued and so I said listen I'll go ahead I'll take some pictures and I'll come back mm -hmm. and uh, lo and behold somehow or other other our paths yours and mine Alex's they crossed and so I wanted to go back and visit this lady. You, it turned out you were going there to bring her yes. Jesus. And, and somehow we said, well, let's just go together. Mm -hmm. And what a blessing it was for me to sit and watch you mm. basically bring Jesus to this woman. And like you said, I remember watching all the other people who were Catholic. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about, you know, we're better than you. It wasn't no. anything like that. It was just this special moment bringing to this special lady who had been a big figure in our church and and how extraordinary and so I got to see that and truthfully Alex because of you I was inspired and I was mm. like wow maybe hmm. maybe God's calling you so I've been praying and that God God's spoken to me and that's for another podcast um, but I was hoping you could extend and el elaborate just a little bit more because you are a minister to the sick and that addresses one of our corporal works of mercy where you know we visit the sick yes. and in some ways our sick are, are are trapped they're imprisoned as well yes it, it's almost like two in one it of is sorts. and so with the ministry to the sick you also touched upon extraordinary minister to holy communion some people call them ems eucharistic ministers but i i know that the real term really is we are extraordinary yes not we you are extraordinary ministers of holy communion is there any could you extend on that and explain maybe the differences between those two a little bit more because i know you said something about additional training additional training well to be an extraordinary minister is somebody who gets trained in order to be able to give Holy Communion to another. Okay. So you have to be an extraordinary minister to be a minister to the sick. Mm -hmm. So the additional training for minister to the sick is is very much like giving Mass, you know, doing giving a Holy Communion out at Mass. Okay. Same same kind of thing in, in knowing what to do if somebody coughs and the the host comes out of their mouth and hits the floor and you know what do you do and what you know I don't think you want me to go into no. all of that but, <laughs> but uh, you know there's all kinds of, of, of different things that that we are required to do because 
the difference between communion at, say, the Baptist Church and the communion that we have at our church and the Catholic Church is that we believe that Jesus is present in the host. Yes. This is the body of Christ. Amen. Yep. The the other churches. I'm. I'm again. I'm not saying we're better than anybody, but we're different. Yes. I consider us the one true church because we do believe that this is my body and my blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ. And so we have to treat it with a different kind of reverence than someone would in another church that is passing some bread. It, it, a they, symbol. They are doing it in remembrance. Yes, they are. They're showing that they remember that time at the Last Supper. But we believe in the, um, what is it, transubstantiation. Yes. And uh, I, I love to diagram words. So you know I went to Catholic school <laughs> right. if I diagram things, you know. The act of changing the substance, you know. So it, it took me a while to get all of that. Right. But I was more indoctrinated in my old catechism when I went to the training to become an extraordinary minister. Wow. It, it really emblazoned my faith even mm -hmm. more because everybody was there for the same reason. Right. We couldn't believe we were actually going to be able to give communion. And, and I, I have to tell you a little, a little funny story here. Sure. So I was at the hospital and I get my list and I have the names on there. And so I knock on the door and I walk in. I say, Judith. And I looked and I was going to say, I'm from St. Mary's. And it was Sister Joan Grace. Oh, wow. And her name was Judith Grace mm. on the list. So I didn't know. It was, sure. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I'm here to give Sister Joan communion. Oh, my gosh. I was overwhelmed. I was wow. absolutely overwhelmed. Talk about so, coming full circle. Oh, it was, it was, I got chills right now. It's just amazing. And, and she let me sit on the edge of her bed and, and we talked and, and we had communion and everything. And then I just started to cry. I mean, it just, I was really overwhelmed. And I said, sister, I said, you know, I said, all my life, I thought I was going to become a nun hmm. and my life took a different turn. And she said, oh, Alex. She says, I never wanted to be a nun, but my life took a different turn, too. <laughs> it's probably when she was driving that convertible car going 100 miles an hour and her habits flying in the wind that she right. shared when uh, she spoke at our, our, her final right. mass. So that was just a, an experience that I'll, I'll never forget. Wow. I, I was so humbled to be able to give her Holy Communion. Sure. And she said to me, I'm just a person like you. Yeah. How humbling. Oh, how humbling. Beautiful. Well, taking, going off on that then, and you talked about the next generation, and, and there is there is a level of nervousness, and you talked about your catechism, and you know, children these days are being formed a little bit differently in our faith. So th there might be a sense of hesitancy, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can imagine that people are listening to you right now, and you're so real. That is why, you know, when I prayed, as, as God put this podcast on my heart, and for any of you who know anything about Jen Renault, Hmm. They know that I am one of the least technologically advanced people on the planet. It, this is right up there with my singing. And I was kicked out of the third grade choir by Sister Regina. Shout out to Sister Regina. May she, she rest in heaven. Uh, and my techie skills are right there with that. But when God put this on my heart, I knew. I knew I had to follow through. And I was scared. But yet I was compelled. I knew I was compelled. And so now I can imagine listening to you and God put you on my heart. I said, oh, my goodness, Lord, when you put Alex on my heart, yes, she's going to be fun. She's going to be goofy like me. It's going to be a great interview. And I can imagine somebody young, middle-aged, old, listening right now is inspired by you because oh, you're I, real. I hope so. You're fun. You're real. <laughs> but you know when to be serious. You know when to joke. Good grief. Alex came into my home and my dog, he thinks he's a proctologist. And so she just jumped right in and harassed Bear and gave him a hard time. And, and, and Alex, you're just, you're just a trip. And so I think you're inspiring people today. So what I'd like you to do is just, if that's the case, and somebody's on the edge going, you know what, I, I think I want to be a minister to the sick. Mm. 
What advice would you give, other than jump, just go for it, what advice would you give? Uh, I would definitely, whatever church you go to, hopefully you have a, a good relationship with your pastor or your priest that you can talk to and pray with mm -hmm. and, and see if that's something you want to do. But what I would invite you to do is tell them that you'd like to get maybe hooked up with somebody from the ministry to the sick and their church okay. so they could go on a visit with them and like see if that's yeah shadow them yeah. exactly and see see if that's what they want to do is this for me or not mm -hmm. i mean we've had people that said oh yeah i want to do the hospital sure. and then we get to the hospital and it's like oh i'm sorry this is too creepy for me i can't right. do it yeah. so and i understand that that's cool mm -hmm. i mean i've I've certainly given communion over, uh, you know, throw up and blood and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Oh, but that's just the way it is. That's part of it. That yeah. is the way it is. We don't see that. Mm -hmm. You don't see it. Okay. You, it, it's just not there. And people, God gives you that grace. It, it, he really does. He gives me the strength to go into a room of somebody that I know is going to be hard for me. Yeah. Um, but I think that the listeners out there, if they feel compelled, I'm saying don't hesitate, but I will tell you that I felt like I was called many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I told God I was too busy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm too busy. Yep. I'm too busy. I, I really would like to do that. I'd love to do that, but I'm too busy. Sure. Well, all of a sudden, I think he just threw a brick upside my head and said, <laughs> well... You're too busy for me? Yeah. Are you really too busy for me? Yeah. No, you're not too busy. Yeah. And so I, when I got it, I got it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was overwhelming, yes. I kept it to myself for quite a while. And when I was at church one day, and it was during the time, around the time that you and I met, uh -huh. um, maybe five or six years ago, mm -hmm. I got to the point where we were saying, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, mm -hmm. but only speak the word and my soul shall be healed. Mm -hmm. And it hit me that I could be there with somebody saying that, having them say that, having them feel that they are being healed at that very moment because they're receiving him yes. inside of them. You have Jesus right there with you. And it's like I told this man today when we, I was getting ready to leave. Um, I said, you know, God is right here. When I walk out this door, you're not alone, you know. He's right here with you. Right. He's holding your hand, you know. He'll never leave you. There'll be nothing that can ever part us from uh, God. Right. Nothing can ever come between us. So I said, I just want you to know that you're not alone mm -hmm. and you'll never be alone. Mm -hmm. There's so many times that I look around when I go in somebody's room and I see there's nothing personal there. Wow. There's no flowers, there's no picture, there's no nightgown on, there's no bag mm. from home. Right. Because they have no one. There is nobody. There's no there's no get well cards there. Right. And I try to spend a little more time with those people. Right. Because they have no one. That's special. You know, when uh, you arrived, you showed those pictures to me that you bring. Can you tell us a little bit about these two pictures? When Alex uh, goes into a hospital room, um, she has these two pictures, and I'm going to let her share a little bit about them. They're really pretty, and some of you have probably seen them, and I'm going to mm. put them up on our Instagram account here shortly. Well, I'll tell you the uh, artist, his name is Nathan Green, and if you go online and look at some of his artwork, Shout out, Nathan. Free plug. Oh, he, he is just, he's so inspired. I, I, I truly do yes. believe that he has seen the Lord and he has captured mm -hmm. his face in every one of his pictures. Yeah. Now, this particular one is Jesus in the operating room. Mm. And, and it's called um, the chief of the medical staff. Oh, wow. Is the, is the name of I this didn't know picture. That. Yeah. The chief of the medical staff. And so I tell the people that are getting ready to have surgery, because most of them tell me what's wrong with them or their story or whatnot. I'll say, well, you know, Jesus is going to be right there in the operating room with your doctor, holding his hand, guiding him, showing him what needs to be done. Right. I said, because none of us can do anything without him. 
That doctor may have been trained, right. but he's being led by Jesus to what to do. Right. Absolutely being led. So this picture depicts uh, Jesus showing and holding the, the surgeon's hands in the operating room. That's beautiful. And, and I tried to let people, I said, put that picture in your head. You know, think about that as you're, you're wheeling into the operating room and you're not afraid because you know that Jesus is going to be right there with you. One way or the other. Exactly. Going to be right there. Now, this one is another Nathan Green picture. Okay. And this is a nurse ministering to a man, a patient in the hospital. And Jesus is right there with his hand on her arm. On the nurse's arm. Yes, on wow. the nurse's arm. Mm -hmm. Because he's right there with them. He sees right. what she's doing as a corporal work of mercy. Right. And she may not be Catholic, but she doesn't know she's doing a corporal work of mercy, <laughs> but she is. Right. She she's is. ministering to the sick right here. Right. So I like to share these pictures and let people know that it's not just a, a sterile place where everybody's just... You know, not smiling. Everybody's mm -hmm. serious, and it's, have fun. it's it's all about healing. It's about the healing, right. and so if, if we can heal their body, and Jesus can heal their soul, we're all well. Right. So your big advice would be obviously, um, without trying to sound like a cheesy little commercial, but mm -hmm. just go, just go for it. I'd say go, go for it. it. Go go shadow somebody. Get involved with the candy stripers or the volunteers. Yeah. But more importantly, find a good extraordinary minister of the Holy Communion who's also been trained as uh, a minister to the sick. So as we start wrapping this up, tell me, are there any any funny stories that you have with this? Anybody share a funny story? Well, the the one with Sister Joan was kind Sister of funny. Joan. That okay. was a funny story, but um, well. I don't think there's any stories that I can share that are that funny. That's okay. Because, because there's a lot of funny stories, but not something that I think we could okay. share and with the viewers. Good. And there we go. That's the big thing about that um, that privacy. Mm -hmm. that privacy. Are there any um, any stories that changed you? Any moments without giving away any names? Well, the one with Sister Joan, that one particularly. Okay. I had a man some some time back, and I, I, I think of him often because he continued to come back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I saw him the one time. I gave him communion. We hit, hit it off, you know, with a good conversation. I stayed and chatted with him for a while, and a couple months later, I see his name on my list again. And I go in and I said, oh my gosh, you're here again. And I oh, yeah, yeah. So we did communion, we talked, we talked. Sure enough, here he comes back a few months later. And I said, you know, you could just go to my church to see me. You know, I can tell you what mass I'm going to. You don't need to come to the hospital to have communion here from me. And we laughed, you know. And on and off for almost two years, Wow. He was in and out of the hospital. So I saw him so many times, we became on a first-name basis. Wow. And one time, I saw him at church with his, it was his daughter. And so I went over to him, and I said, hey, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. Are you ready? He had no idea who I was. <laughs> he had absolutely no clue. He looked at me, and he, he goes, do I know you? And I said, yeah, and so then I realized, well, maybe, maybe, maybe he's got a little, uh, or maybe I would think that he wouldn't, you wouldn't recognize him outside of his gown. I, I don't know, but <laughs> it, so I told him who I was, and he was kind of like, yeah, okay, and so then I thought, well, maybe he's just forgetful, you right. know, it's all right. Well, sure enough, a few months later, <laughs> doggone if I don't see him in the hospital again, <laughs> I walk in, I said, hey, you know, and it was like, a long-lost friend he's like my gosh where have you been right he recognized me right away in the in hospital, the hospital right. but he didn't recognize me in church wow so i'm thinking to myself i must be the church i'm bringing wow. the church to him at the hospital so when he sees me i'm the church you're the church it's sunday it's sunday exactly wow. so wow. it was just kind of weird now and and he did pass away mm. um uh, not too long after that but uh what a what an interesting thing huh yeah. 
that you were the church and yeah he rec- and he recognized and he the recognized church. me as soon as he saw me in his hospital room but didn't know who i was and it's not like i wear some special clothes to go right. to the hospital right you know interesting we've touched upon so many different things about how we talked about bless and be blessed mm. and you are going and you are the minister to the sick and you are are in essence feeding the hungry right yes but how how are you being fed i can tell you that i believe i am part of one of the most vibrant churches i've ever been in in my life our parish is so amazing yes i mean we are so lucky to have the priests that we have and i know that they're not going to be there forever because god uses people like them charismatic uh, holy people like them to bring joy all over the place so i'm sure that they're going to be moved around so i try to soak up as much as i possibly can of them and mm-hmm. and and what they're doing for our our parish community i know you and i met on the christ renews parish yes retreat and then uh i believe i've been seeing you at some of the ccw meetings yes do you can you explain what the ccw is real quickly that's the uh, council of catholic women and we have a pretty big group at our church i mean we've just started it not that long ago and i'm pretty excited about it i mean a, a lot of the things that i'm learning there are new to me right. um the the liturgy of hours mm-hmm. uh wasn't something that i've always done mm-hmm. so i i think that's that's great that we have an opportunity to extend ourselves to to other women and meet other women i've met a lot of new people mm-hmm. So I think that's great. I I will say, though, that I love Christ Renews' Parish Retreat. I love it. I love it. That's been very good for our our community. Love it. So, okay. So, Alex, as we come to a close, I know that there are going to be some of our listeners out there who are thinking, you know what, I'm inspired, but I really don't have anybody to turn to that. I, I would feel embarrassed if maybe I had questions that I would feel stupid asking, even though there really isn't. As a school mm. teacher, I never liked it when somebody said, oh, that's a dumb question. Mm. How are you going to learn if you don't ask? You know, exactly. and I would tell my students, I'm like, listen, if you really don't know what two plus two means, you're not going to learn if you don't ask. You know, I'm not going to make fun of you. I might snicker and giggle a little, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I'm here to help you learn, right? And so, I, but people still feel that way. So if somebody's out there and they're thinking, you know what, I I might want to do this. If it, Would you have a way of being, is there a way that these people could reach out to you? I don't use Facebook as a sounding board, but I do have a Facebook page. So if anybody wants to message me on Facebook, it's A-L-I-X-P-E-C-K. I look at it all the time. I don't mean to be glued to my phone, but I have become glued to my phone for the last uh, over over a year or so because my mother became very ill. And so that was about the only thing she could remember to do was to call me on, on my cell phone. Okay. So even from the next room. So uh, <laughs> if you message me, I promise I will get back with you. Okay. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find out. Okay. And so I'll, I'll leave that in our show notes as well. And so as we draw to a close, I, I want to say thank you. And before I let you go, what I'm starting here is is a little thing at the very end where I have my guest challenge the listeners. And so since this uh, podcast is called Whatsoever 168, I've already explained the whatsoever part. The 168 is the number of hours in a week. I was inspired by that when I was in seventh grade with my English teacher who also happened to be my religion teacher and she ended up being my confirmation sponsor. Shout out to Mrs. Gribben. But she said one time, she says, we have 168 hours a week. Can we not give one for God? And I knew that she Mm. meant that we should always be um, giving our lives to God, but she mm-hmm. wanted us to be a mass because she was questioning us on whether we had gone to mass or not. And some of us, not I, because I was afraid to stand up, but some of us had not gone to mass. And that's where she asked us. So that's where the 168 comes in. There's, we have 168 hours a week. So the challenge is, it's called 168 Don't Wait Challenge. And so how would you challenge our listeners these next 168 hours? You know, you just, you just hit on it. You just said it. An hour. I never even thought about 168 hours in a week. But, you know, I don't know where it is in the gospel, Jen. I, I'm 
I can't tell you exactly where it is, but I know that when the Lord went to the garden to pray before he was betrayed, he asked the apostles to, to watch for him, keep watch out for him. And he prayed for a while, and then he came back to the disciples, and they were all asleep. Mm. And he said, couldn't you just watch one hour? Couldn't you just give one hour? Right. And, and I think of that a lot, you know, just one hour. That's not that much. And you also said something else about, about techie, being techie. And all of the kids, and for th those people that are like my age that don't know techie is, you know, <laughs> tech, technology smart. And I was thinking that no matter how old you are, and I'm sure it'd be harder for the younger ones. We could take one hour, just an hour a day for a week to give up all electronics for an hour. No phone, no iPad, no television, no media. Go be by yourself and give that up to the Lord. Pray. Pray, pray. That's what we're supposed to do all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's difficult for kids nowadays. Yeah. They have so many distractions, so many different things that are taking them in different directions. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I asked my grand two of my grandchildren, my two uh, granddaughters that both went to St. Mary's, and I asked them, I said, do you think that you could put your phone down or, or you know, not have your phone for like an hour? And they were both like, well, yeah. And I said, really? And they said, well, yeah, when we're in school. <laughs> and I said, well, that's... How appropriate. <laughs> I said, that's, that's, that's not a... That's like giving up something, like giving up Brussels sprouts for Lent. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not really a sacrifice, you know. <laughs> my daughter Riley said, uh, she goes, I'm giving up mustard for Lent. And my, my youngest daughter Cassie goes, you don't like mustard! <laughs> and then I, my son Noah's all yeah. of a sudden shaking his head going, oh my gosh, these girls mm, are crazy. I know. Well, that's the same kind of thing. And I said, okay now I'm talking about when you're not in school you have no phone you're not watching TV you're sitting in a chair or you're sitting outside on your swing or on the swing set or you know out on the front porch and you don't even have pencil and paper with you because that's what my granddaughter said she said I could doodle I like to doodle when I'm praying I like to doodle and I said Okay, I said, well, I, I got that, doodling, but don't, don't you think that that might be a, a distraction as well? I said, could you put that down too? Oh. Couldn't you just give me one hour? That's what the Lord said. Could you not just give me one hour? And we're talking about the apostles here. We're not talking <laughs> right. about, you know, the grandchildren. Right. Future saints. Yes. So I, that's, that's, that would be my challenge yep. is it, just try it for a week. One hour a day for a week. Don't have any media. Be by yourself. You and the Lord. Commune with each other because that's how you develop an intimate relationship with right. Him. You can't be intimate with all these other things going around you. Right. You can't listen. You can't hear because there's too much going around. Right. We have to invite God in. This weekend, I had youth group uh, gathering with my middle school on Friday and, and high school on Sunday. And we talked about inviting the Holy Spirit in. Mm. And and yes, I know that, that non-movement, but for these kids, it's hard not to move. And I said, okay, well, the next time, you know, how do we invite God into the chores? I said, well, how about next time you have to fold laundry? First of all, don't complain. Mm. And second of all, I said, when I fold laundry, each item that I I fold if it's it's if it's my husband's shorts as I fold those shorts I say a prayer for him like today I know mm. he has a meeting he's a teacher and he has a meeting and I, that meeting might be a challenge for him and so I'm praying that God gives him the words in that meeting and then I might fold a shirt for my son and and I know that he has a speech he has to do at college uh, in one of his college classes and and he talks a big game he's I'm not mm. nervous but at the end of the day when you get up in front of your peers yeah. so my prayer is for him as I fold his shirt like Lord give him the peace that only comes from you and so as I cha as I, I fold my daughter's clothes too I do the same thing and it's a different form of prayer but it, it, is. But it what it does is it, it's a distraction of the complaining it's a distraction of anything other than I'm focused on my family yes I'm praying for them and and one of the kids at youth group goes well what do you do when you got their underwear I said that's another prayer <laughs> <laughs> so 
okay guys, you heard it from Alex Peck. One hour a day, she's asking you to give up this week. If you can't give one hour a day, at least in the next 168 hours, mm. give up one hour. One and it's hour. not so much that we're giving up the hour, yeah. It's an offering of the hour. It is. We're not in a way that we're like we talked about we are we bless others and then we get to be blessed in the process. That's yes. not why we bless them. It's it's the fruit of that. And then when we feed others, the fruit is that we are fed and it's we don't go in there with the intention of that. It just happens. And so with this hour that we're going to give, so much fruit can come from that, but it can't come if we don't if we don't begin to plant those seeds. Yes. So, Alex, Ugh. I cannot thank you enough for coming out. Well, thank you for uh, inviting you me. You have been a fantastic. Um, you'll be part of my launch. Mm -hmm. The launch is coming up on the Feast of St. Matthew. How exciting. That is September 21st. Alex Peck will be a part of that. You can reach her, uh, private message her on Facebook. I promise you will be so happy that you um, reached out to Alex and knowing her, she'll friend you. And uh, what a great um, opportunity that will be in informing and forging these new ministries and these new people entering these new ministries and the ministries to the sick. So Alex, thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. Thank and you for what you're your doing. I am so happy that God has laid this on your heart and i think it's going to be wonderful thank you god bless alex god bless you what a gift alex's life is and has been to so many thank you to all of our listeners here on the whatsoever 168 podcast check out our show notes for more information on our guest give us a like follow us and remember whatsoever you do be nice and make your next 168 hours count for christ so be Cause it's just